started these ideas last week and I'm just kind of continuing uh, along those lines. Uh, the Lord really spoke this word to me very uh, powerfully and um, just kind of stayed in that neighborhood asking the Lord what he might have for us. So I have an announcement to be, make before we start anything today. Today we, we live different from the way that we came in. Luke chapter 24, uh, verse number 13, and uh, we read to about 18 and then pick up again verse, from verse 25. is the Emmaus Road story. Verse number 13, now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they said. And they went on to explain to Jesus the story uh, that they had been through, although they, had, they were not aware that it was Jesus. And they had their hopes set on Jesus being the Messiah and delivering them from all of their bondage to redeem Israel. And uh, uh, instead of having a tremendous hope, their hopes were dashed and Jesus was crucified. It was now three days since this had happened. I want us to pick up in verse number 25. <clears throat> Jesus said to them, How foolish you are, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And uh, he goes on. Now, if you were here last week, I talked about the fact that Jesus called them foolish. How foolish you are and slow of heart to believe. He was foolish. He called them foolish, which tells me that Jesus was actually expecting them to look at death and say resurrection. To look at hopelessness and see that God has already given us a prophetic word. That the prophets, the law and the prophets have already spoken about this scenario. And Jesus was actually expecting them to believe in the midst of hopelessness. That God is still going to fulfill his word. It's understandable that they would be a little bit upset. It's understandable that they would be in a state of hopelessness because this was a severe loss. They were not anticipating. They were not expecting this. And therefore, we can understand if someone dies and if it's been three days since they died, it's a pretty good idea to close the door and say, let's move on. It's finished. But Jesus was actually, he called them foolish. For It was like common sense. To put these two together. But Jesus was calling them foolish because he was expecting them to factor in the equation that God has spoken. And if God has spoken, God can feel, fulfill his word. Amen. So we talked about that, that uh, idea last week and we'll continue that idea today. Uh, I believe uh, I called the, the message last week, who is the fool? That was a good message. Today we're going to stay in that neighborhood and get more foolish today. Praise the Lord. Verse number 14. Um, I want us to jump in here. The Lord just 
kind of uh, help me to zoom in on this idea. Verse number 14 says, they were talking to, with each other about everything that had happened. They were talking with each other. They were talking with each other. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. In other words, there was something that had happened and it remained where it was. But they took that thing that had happened and brought it into conversation. And the two of them were talking about everything that had happened. Uh, the thing about talking about everything that had happened or talking about anything for that matter is that it changes the narrative and it becomes more than a conversation. It becomes an agreement. And when we have agreed to something, then a a fence or a border or a wall is put up around that belief system and we cannot see beyond that, that the, the, the boundaries that we have made with our agreement. The agreement comes, the seal goes out, and we cannot live in a world outside of what we have boundaried ourselves in by way of that agreement. And what they were talking about was everything that had happened. They agreed about everything that had happened and they made a circle that nothing else can come in. Everything is blocked out except what they have agreed to in the realm of that conversation. Mm. Agreement seals the deal and agreement frames our world and we can't see anything else. That's why they were downcast. They were downcast because the case was closed. They were down class because they were, they were talking with themselves about this stuff. They agreed about this stuff. And now they can't see or envision anything beyond this stuff. Uh, Amos ch uh, chapter 3 verse 3, it says, How can two walk together unless they be agreed? So your one another will create an agreement. And when you have agreed to one thing, you are bound to that thing that you have agreed to. If we are going this way, we cannot go this way. And if we are going this way, we cannot go this way. We cannot have it both ways. They are, were talking with each other. They were talking with each other. So this tells me that we need to be good stewards of our relationships. We need to be good relationship managers. We need to be careful who we allow in our lives. Because that relationship is more than a relationship. It is an agreement. And whatever we have agreed to, that will establish some boundaries for us. And we will never live or experience anything beyond the boundaries that we have set for ourselves. So the problem with many of us is that we are good people, but we have poor relationship management skills. Even now, we're being blessed here, but the minute we go out, somebody's waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And they're waiting to start a conversation with you, to take you somewhere so far away. Some of you are in here right now, but your agreement is still with those people. That's why my voice sounds so strange to you and so far away. What is he talking about? Where is he coming from? I'm coming from the word of God. I'm coming from the presence of God. I'm coming from a word from the kingdom that is not of this world. So if you've made some relational decisions, you recognize this voice. At the same time, if you make other relationship decisions, you will not recognize this voice. It becomes strange to you. Look at what he's saying. Who does he think he... Mm -mm. Where does he, mm, 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 mm. yeah, some of us are good people, we have poor relationships, and it's those relationships that is hijacking the purpose of God for our lives. It's those relationships that get in the way of God's plan. It gets in the way of the productivity of your life in the kingdom, the productivity of the word of God in your life. Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 3, 
In verse 16 it says, Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another, and the Lord heard. And he, said, he ordered a scroll of remembrance to be kept in honor of those who feared the Lord and honored His name. I thought that verse is so uh, powerful because it, you know, God is, is omniscient, omnipresent. Uh, he, he's everywhere. He sees everything. He hears all conversations, every single one. But he does not take note of every conversation. There are some conversations that God will pick up his pen. Or actually he doesn't. He says, let a scroll of remembrance be kept in honor of those people. Hallelujah. So my, my issue is, are we making the files today or are we just having a good time? Because there's some, you know, when, you, when you're a researcher, you read a lot of material, all right? But there's some material that says, Wayne good day. Stop right there. Underline that. Photocopy that. Come on, somebody. Write that down. Keep that on fire because that's not like all the other pieces of information that you have been interacting with. This is a different brand of information. This steps out from all the other pieces of information you're dealing with. And I, I kind of thought God is kind of like that. He's just kind of researching everybody's conversation. And then he comes across this group of people at Beza Church. And he says, and those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the Lord heard. And he says, let a scroll of remembrance be kept for Pastor Z this morning. Maybe not for you, but I'm convinced that today, all right, uh, be, because he kept us a scroll, he kept a record of those who feared the Lord and honored his name. Hallelujah. There's a conversation that can get the attention of heaven. And there's a conversation that can put heaven to sleep. May the Lord help us today. May the Lord help us to be with the kind of people, not just to be good people, but be with the kind of people that activate the attention of heaven here in the earth. The kind of people that our conversation is not only a conversation on earth, but is also registered in heaven. That we are those who fear the Lord and honor His name. There is a difference. There is a difference. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So see, this morning is powerful. I said this morning is powerful. Not because I'm preaching a message. Actually, I'm not preaching a message today. Today, I'm shopping for agreement. Hmm? Today, I'm just pitching ideas for agreement so that when we latch between the two of us, we can have that conversation that pulls the attention of heaven. Hallelujah. That heaven will stop and say, who was that? That was me right here. Me and my people here, we're having conversation with each other. We fear the Lord. We honor His name. We're not talking about everything that has happened. We're talking about everything that God has said. We are talking about the promises of God. We're talking about the goodness of God. We're talking about the strength of God in the midst of tragedy. We're talking about the victory of heaven in the midst of everything that we have been through. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalm chapter 1 would remind us that the word of God, how powerful it is. It says that when we meditate on that word day and night, we become like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields forth fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he or she does prospers. Amen. I'm a candidate to you today. I said I'm a candidate today. But you know, before it says, blessed is the man who, who, who meditates on the word day and night. Look at the verse, Psalm chapter 1. 
before it talks about the power of the word, it first talks about the power of relationship management. It says, blessed is the man, Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, the very first book of the Psalms. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Who is the wicked? That's a potential relationship. Or stand in the way of the sinner. Who's that? That is a potential relationship. Or sit in the seat of the, seat of the mockers. That is a potential relationship. So it says, first, we have to decide who we're running with. Then when we go to the word, the word of God comes alive and we become like that tree. But if we are careless with the relationship, the power of the word is lost. The fruit that, was, that was, we were ready to bear, it is lost. Because those very people that we have been in fellowship with have the power to suffocate the power of the word. So we need to make a relationship decision before we make a word decision. Amen, amen. In the Amarinya, it says, who sits in the seat of the mockers, they call the mockers. The Amarinya word is Fezenya. I like that word because it just, mockers is almost too polite. Fezenya is like, it really, it, it puts the, the meat behind the, the, the word. You understand? Yeah, Fezenya. Everybody say Fezenya. Yeah, if you don't hang out with the faith, mockers is like, you know, even sometimes good people mock. But a Fezenya, you, you can't be anything close to Fezenya. You don't want to be close. You can hang out with a mocker, but you cannot hang out with a fezenya. But you're, 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 see, see, the word is valuable, but the power is lost if we don't manage those relationships properly. I'm talking to somebody today. You're not a bad person. You even love the Lord, but you have poor relationship management. You're careless in your relationships. And as a result, you're losing the power of what God is trying to be, bring into your life. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting that we just leave the wor world and go to a monastery and all camp out there by ourselves like many people have already done. Actually, my nickname in high school was Monk. They called me Monk because of, you know, that like God puts my calling in the, house, in the mouth of my, my friends before I was ever thought I was, I was actually had other plans than to do what I'm doing now. But I guess God knew, Amen. But, you know, actually, there's people who actually took these ideas seriously in the course of church history. And they just left the world. They went out and they camped out in the deserts. And they just stayed there. They developed communities. They developed practices and systems where they just don't have to be with people anymore. They just seek God. And they get into all kinds of, of ascetical teachings and ideas and even deep spiritual engagements. And this is a reality for some people. I'm not suggesting that we become that way. All right. But I'm just saying that some people have done it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you can understand why. But I'm not suggesting we leave the world. We, are, we, are, we cannot exist in the world without engaging with people. We are in the world. We have to do business with the world. We have to talk to people. We have to buy things. We have to go to work. All right? So I'm not saying that we just walk away from everything. Amen. I what you. Some of you got nervous. Uh, we have to be in the world. Actually, if we are not in the world, we cannot be a salt and light. If we are not in the world, we cannot love those who hate us. <laughs> if we are not in the world, we can't share people, share with people the good news about what Jesus has done for us. Amen. So we have to be in the world. All right. We have to have relationship with people. But I think what God would, what God is wanting uh, for us, and what God would have us to do is that. Every relationship that comes our way, we need to, to gauge and measure and, and bring 
that relationship closer to us based on the value they bring to the seed that God has put inside us. Which means we love everybody. Even our enemies we love. But there's some people that get this kind of attention and some people that get that kind of attention based on what I am carrying. See, if we don't value what we are carrying, we will not value the relationships that we have. We have to first have a value of what God has deposited. And in case you don't know what you deposited, let me remind you that if you are a child of God, the Bible says that you have been born again of incorruptible seed, that your home is in heaven, that the Bible would remind us that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives not up there in heaven, but lives here in me. It tells us that we have in this jar of clay a treasure. So do we understand what we're carrying as a treasure or not? Because based on how we value that will change how we manage our relationships. Praise the Lord. And you need somebody in your life who will speak to that, that, that glory inside of you. You need somebody in your life who will agree with what God has said about you. Some of you uh, have relationships with people who appreciate you because of your performance on the job. Those are good people, thank you. But they're not these people. They are maybe these people. There's people who love you because you grew up in their, you're part of their family. Even family, we need to put a proper distance on family. Oh, oh, Pastor Z, leave us alone. No, I won't leave you alone today because the Bible, remind, let me remind you that the Bible tells us that we have been born again. And that we have a heavenly citizenship, a heavenly family, which comes above every other family. And so our natural family is of value to us based on that. Mm. Some of us love God but have poor relationship management. Somebody's getting delivered today. Somebody will find who your people are and run with your people for the sake of that gift God has put inside of you. Amen. Amen, amen. The Bible would remind us that where two or three gather in my name, not only does he keep a record, but he himself says, I am there among them. Now, I was looking at this, you know, and I found out that everything that God does, did of significance in the scriptures, it was done in this spirit of fellowship. Or, or, or it was it, great things required a, a fellowship. Right? Like Moses, Moses went to deliver Egypt, but God sent somebody to help him. Aaron, yeah? go together. Jesus did not send them one by one. He sent them two by two. Because two by two, see, see, I think, and I think the reason why God does this, he knows us. Okay? If he sends us one by one, we will meet somebody and start having conversation with them. And who knows where that person comes from? Who knows where they are? You, you know how it is. Don't look at me like that. Like when you're traveling and you have to go somewhere by yourself, you get in the airport and you meet somebody and you start talking. And, and you're, you're, you're hijacked. I mean, you're going, I mean, eventually you'll find a way to share the love of God with them. But isn't it funny how far you can take a trip? Someone almost converted me into a Manchester United fan. The devil is alive. Sitting on a plane. May the Lord help us today. But see, when you go two by two, you can have that conversation, but you'll come back with this person that you've been sent with. And the two of you will put that uh, agreement in check. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
That's why when Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel, she could not stay where she was anymore. She ran to Elizabeth's house. Why do you go to Elizabeth's house? Because if you have something from heaven, relationship management is necessary. It is imperative. It is a life and death issue. Some of you are good people, but your face is telling you different because the people you are talking with are not calling forth that greatness inside of you. They're actually putting poison on the kingdom of God agenda in your life. Some of you have to make some serious decisions today. For the sake of God's call on your life. Hallelujah. 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 In the early church, I thought it was interesting. When Samaria received the word of the Lord, the apostles sent Peter and John to Samaria so that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. They didn't send just Peter. They didn't send just John. That could have saved them some money. Just send one ticket. No, two tickets. Why? Because there's something that happens when you go together in agreement in the name of the Lord. When they were fasting and praying, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have commissioned. Why not just send Barnabas? Or why not? No, no, no. There is something about going together. There is something about agreement that establishes boundaries, that pr provides the distance and the how far you see, what you accept, what you believe, what you, uh, what you hope for. Uh, amen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 15, they made a, a council decision in the first church council in Jerusalem. And they made a decision about what to do with the Gentile believers. And after they finished their decision... They wrote a letter to send it to the church in Antioch. But when they sent the letter, they didn't just send the letter by, by, by posta. Yeah? They said, we, they even wrote, we are sending this in writing. But in, together with this, we are also sending Silas and Judas to confirm by way of mouth what we have written, it, what we have made known to you by way of writing. Because there's something about agreement. Amen. Even when Paul and Barnabas disagreed and went their separate ways, they didn't just go their separate ways. Come on, somebody. Uh, Paul took Silas and Barnabas took Mark. Because even though we disagree, we have to agree. <laughs> we don't accomplish this mission by ourselves. No one had a greater mission than Jesus Christ himself. But before Jesus started his public ministry, he made some relationship decisions. Because he understood that this assignment will require an agreement. It will require a fellowship. He chose 12 disciples. And among the 12 disciples, he chose the three disciples. And among the three disciples, he chose the one, Pastor Z. Hmm? That's the one. That's the one with the afro in the, in, the, in the Da Vinci picture of the Last Supper. There's one with that. That's me, the closest one. Hmm? But, but Jesus understood that the calling of God, it's a mission from God. And the way that mission from God will be fleshed out in the earth is through proper relationship management. May the Lord help us today. May the Lord help us to choose wisely, to value what God has put inside. Now, now, now uh, what I found to be interesting here with this story of the Emmaus Rose disciples is the Bible says that they were disciples. They were not citizens of, uh, of Jerusalem. Not only were they citizens, they were disciples. And disciples not of Buddha. They were disciples of Jesus. So these were the disciples of Jesus. I just looked it up quickly. The, the one, Cleopas, they, the, the Orthodox Church. Hallelujah. 
<clears throat> the Orthodox Church. I said the Orthodox Church. Uh, and the Catholic Church, they, they have a, a theory, though it's not fully proven, but the tradition suggests that this Cleopas is the brother of Joseph, husband of Mother Mary. Whether that's true or not, we'll leave that to the details of the theologians. We'll leave that alone. But one thing is for sure is that they were disciples. All right? So what we see here is an interesting scenario. These are disciples who are talking with themselves about everything that has happened. You know what that tells me? It tells me that, excuse me, but even in the house of God, we need to be careful with our relationship management. There is the wicked that we have to be careful, the fezenya we have to be careful for, but we also need to be careful, dare I say it, we have to be careful of the saints of God. Now even in the house of God, we can engage in a conversation that takes us so far away from purpose. They had a promise for, from God. They were disciples of God, but they were not talking about the promise of God. They were not talking about the glory of God's promise. They were talking about everything that had happened. And as a result, they ended up as disciples of Jesus with their face downcast. May the Lord help somebody today to deliver us not just from the wicked and from the fezenya, but from the pente. Yeah. Um, there was a story in 1 Kings chapter 13 of a prophet who was given an assignment by God. And, and he was told, go to the king and tell him this, 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 and come back. And the instructions were, when you go and give your message to the king, do your business, share the word of the Lord, and come back. And when you come back, do not turn to the left or to the right, and do not stop for any food. Come, go back the same way that you came. And so he went and he gave the word of the Lord to the, to the king. And he was walking back. And the Bible says that there was an old prophet who heard what he had done. And he came to him on his way home. And he says, why don't you come and, and, and have some, some food with me? And the, and the prophet said, thank you very much. But I'm on a mission from God. And God has instructed me to go straight back the way I came and not to stop even for food. And then the prophet said, I understand. But look, I am a prophet just like you. And the Lord has also spoken to me that you should come and have food in my house. And so he said, aha, this man is a prophet like me. An old prophet, which means he knows more about this business than me. It means he is more experienced than me. So he goes and has the meal with him. After the meal, he's on his way back and the lion comes and devours him. Oh, it doesn't devour him. The lion killed him, didn't even devour him. Left him by the roadside, dead. Now, now, now this tells me so much. But this tells me, first of all, that no matter how great the prophet is, Mm -hmm. Let me help somebody again today. No matter how old the prophet is, no matter what kind of grace or anointing or presentation skill he has, the Bible says that my sheep know my voice and they will not listen to another. Let me tell you a personal conviction of mine. I will receive every prophecy from anywhere, no matter who it is, provided that it agrees with the testimony of the shepherd in my life. I believe that I am a sheep 
And because I am a sheep, that means I know my shepherd's voice. He does not say my sheep might know my voice. He says my sheep will know my voice and they will not listen to another. So the question is, are you a sheep or are you not a sheep? And if you are a sheep, you have access to the shepherd. I believe this is a good word, especially for Abba Pente. Do you realize how much drama goes on in the house of God? Because we are no longer attached to the shepherd. We are attached to the prophet. I am not against the prophet. But my, my man of God, let me tell you today, you are not a sugar daddy. You are the voice of God in the earth. And you, sheep of God, don't look for some radical thing that will take you outside of the will of God. Look for the word that confirms what the shepherd has already spoken to you. He was an old man. We have a, a culture where we respect elders to a fault. If the, shepherd, if the prophet is old and he is telling you something contrary to what you know the Lord has speak to, spoken to you, engage in your ministry of relationship management. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I feel something on this word today. I don't know. I think somebody is, is in desperate need of this word. You've been impressed by the prophet. When you fail to realize that God has already give you a prophetic, given you a prophetic gift, a prophetic unction. My sheep know my voice. And maybe you should, if you, if you find yourself being played with a little bit too much, maybe you need to just stop the program. Put everything on pause and start to develop a relationship with your shepherd all over again. Hallelujah. The Emmaus Road disciples were disciples. They were disciples. Praise the Lord. Whatever we have agreed to, that frames our world. That frames our expectation. We will, we will drink from that well of whatever we have agreed to. So, so choose your engagements properly. Choose your engagement. Don't be careless. I repeat, I did not say hate everybody now because pastors, I did not say that. That did not come from me. All right, But there are some relationships that are misplaced in your life. They're, they're, they're becoming a voice for you, or over you that, that is contrary to what God's plan is for your life. Make some decisions today. Make some decisions to, today. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, sucking the life out of you. It's, it's, really, it's literally life and death uh, situation we're dealing with we are so engulfed with the opinions of men we don't need a lot of people we just need even one is enough for, for that place of agreement the magic happens when there's agreement faith is restored when there is agreement the dead things come alive when there is agreement in fact the bible says that everything we do prospers we become like the tree planted by the streams of water so so if you are a believer you, you're connected with God. Step number two is to find your people. I think that's one of the reasons why we believe and try to push home care groups so strongly is because some of us without that place of fellowship, we don't have any place to go. And, and, and there are several options. There's the wicked, there's the fezenya, and there's the old prophet. And may the Lord deliver us from every one of those today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is good. It, 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 it feels different saying it now than when I was prepare, preparing. Uh, I think God is... So, uh, uh, Farah and George, they have something that they say, if the shoe fits, wear it. Adelam. But I think this is for somebody. I don't know who you are, but I think this is for somebody today. Uh, you're, it's not that you're bad. It's not that you don't love God. It's not that you, you you're even, you, 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 on many, many, on the checklist, you tick off many boxes. This is not about that. Um, this is about relationship management. And some of us are going to make some decisions today. And the Lord with, will, will help you. There'll be a grace. Talk to the Lord about it. Don't allow that poison in your life anymore. It's not helpful, unnecessary, uh, and you don't have to tolerate that. Just make some decisions. Love everybody. Didn't say make a fight, make a fuss. Just make some decisions. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Make, make some decisions today. This is not something that we pray for God to do. It's funny. This is something that we do ourselves, right? It's something that we do for God. So, so I want to pray that God would just give you a strength. Uh, yeah, some of us have been in issues for a long time. That's enough now. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. Help each person as they make decisions today. Hallelujah. Even, even those who are painty, <laughs> who maybe are painty, saved in their soul, but not in their mouth. Not in their conversation. Father God, I pray that you would help us to navigate this sea of relationships wisely. Because your purpose in our life is worth it. Your call on our life is worth it. So Father God, in Jesus' name, I just commit each person to that grace now. Give them a strength, Father God, that is not their own. And Father God, I pray that we would all be fruitful as we do so. Like the tree planted, Father God. Thank you for doing all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.